We walk on eggshells. We stand in fear. What's the borderline or the narcissist going to do next? Welcome to this podcast called Trigger Happy Borderlines of My Inner Torch. Well, we all know the drill. If you've been in a relationship with a cluster B, you know that you you walk around waiting for the next shoe to drop. Borderlines are extremely trigger happy. You and you sometimes don't know what triggers them. It might be a look, it might be something you say, it may be something you do, but it unleashes their inner rage. And how do you deal with it? How do you walk on eggshells? And why do we walk on eggshells? I've talked about in my, a lot of my previous podcasts that really when it comes down to it, we have to take a step back and take onus for our own our own participation in these dysfunctional relationships because at the end of the day, that's what they are. They're dysregulated, they're disordered, and they're dysfunctional, what I like to call triple D. So the trigger-happy borderline or the trigger-happy narcissist, you know, there's always this underlying tone. I find with my wife that there's this, this, this underlying negative nasty tone that's part of her persona. She's just never happy. And if she is happy, it's for a very, very fleeting moment. And I don't know if we can take a moment to kind of think about what these borderlines and what these narcissists and what these cluster bees are going through. What brought them to where they are today? Was it a dysfunctional and abusive childhood? In many cases, it was. Was it their arrested development that they basically stopped developing emotionally at a very, very young age? And so I've mentioned this again in previous podcasts. Why do we expect them to be normal? Why do we fall into that pattern? And why do we trigger them? Well, it's easy to do. I've seen it so many times in my 21-year relationship with my wife, who I suspect has borderline personality disorder and she's comorbid with narcissistic personality disorder as well. It's a, it's a double whammy. It's very difficult to be around somebody who you don't know how they're going to react on any particular day, how they're going to behave, whether you say something, do something. It uh, goes back to one of the earlier podcasts that I did, and this is podcast number 72, by the way, of it was called Emotional Weather Veins. You don't know where they're pointing. One minute they may be pointing north and then they might be pointing south. And it can all happen in the blink of an eye. And it leaves us confused. What did we do? What did we say? What did we do to warrant such strong emotive reactions? Are we innocent? Are we victims? You know, abuse is not love. And Cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, teaches you to basically remove the thoughts from our emotions, kind of divide them up, split them, in other words. What are we thinking? What are we feeling? Those are two separate things. You know, obviously, thoughts trigger emotions, but you have to step back and you have to stop blaming yourself. I know that I blame myself for many, many years. I felt responsible for my wife's rages, for her moods, and I was always trying to figure out a solution. And it really takes a lot of mental gymnastics 
to constantly be thinking about the other person. We essentially lose ourselves in that process. I know I've lost my self-identity. I'm getting it back, but it's hard because as years go on, you are just sort of a, you're just sort of an emotional satellite orbiting around these people, trying to keep them happy, trying to stay out of their way, trying to keep themselves from getting in their own way. And what do we have to show for it? We have misery. We have relationships that feel so empty. We have marriages. We have friendships. We have familial connections with people with BPD or MPD. And we suffer on account of it. It's especially difficult if you're married to somebody or if you're having a serious relationship with somebody that has cluster B. You, you just don't know how to behave. You don't know how to act. And you spend so much time thinking about what you did, how you affected them, when in reality, they are affecting us. They are raging out. They are projecting their own pain. They are basically associating us with people that have hurt them in the past. And I, it always comes back full circle to me in a lot of these podcasts is why Why do we continue to do what we do? And why do we invest all the time? I've had a lot of, a lot of people say to me, uh, well, not actually say, but a lot of correspondence of people that are just so wrapped up in loving these people, in loving the borderline, in loving the narcissist. But why? Why do we do that? Are we trauma bonded? Are we codependent? that we can't see the forest for the trees. I've talked about this in previous podcasts where people can see my wife. Some people can see my wife for who she truly is. And for some reason, for years, I couldn't. Now I do. And as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, it does give me some comfort. It does give me some, some solace in knowing that, you know what? It's not me. I'm just really an actor in her play in a play that we all know is going to end miserably for both of us. And that's the thing that I do receive a lot of correspondence about people who think about the afterlife, people who, who imagine that their borderline or their narcissist is going to move on and they're going to be just so inexplicably happy with the next person that they find. And you know what? That's true to a certain extent, but remember these are people who live in patterns So it's highly doubtful that when your narc or when your borderline moves on, potentially does, and discards you and disappears and doesn't necessarily hoover you back into the relationship, you know, are they going to be happy with the next person? Sure, at the beginning they will because that person is going to see the mirage, the mirage that we all saw at the beginning of our relationship with that person. But inherently, it's going to follow the same path. It's going to follow the same path cycle. And why are we worried about that? Well, I think it's probably because we're human in the sense that why can't we have that? Why is this person going to move on and love bomb the next person and sell them their bill of goods and show them and mirror back what they want them to be? And we don't get that. Well, that's because we've gone through the cycle. It's like a washing machine. We're on the final spin cycle and then we are discarded. And yet we walk around each and every day and try to coexist 
with these people. We try to, I guess I, I've come up with a term called pet the cat. We try to keep the cat happy. We try to keep them happy. But what about us? And I think the common theme in this podcast has now become, what about you? Where do you come into the equation? Why don't you get what you put out? And again, this is not an equal world, a kiss for a kiss, a smile for a smile. But how long do you want to go through these mental gymnastics with these trigger happy, these emotive, raging people who seem to have no regard And it doesn't matter why they're acting the way that they're acting because they had an abusive childhood. That's terrible. And I feel for each and every one of them, but it doesn't justify their behaviors. It doesn't. And you should not make excuses. You should not give them that emotional pass. Just can't do that. So I think The purpose of this podcast is a wake-up call to you and to me to understand that what is going on in your relationships with these people is not normal. Separate the thought from the emotion. If you feel it's not right, it's not right. It's not right because, well, it's my fault. Or maybe I said something. Or maybe I did something. You didn't do anything. You're just there. You're a sounding board You're a target and eventually the cycle will continue. And that's why so many people, it makes me mad. It drives me crazy when people are just can't let go, including myself. It just drives me crazy to think that we stay, we endure, we hurt, we bleed emotionally. And what do they do? Well, yeah, we can probably look at that and say, you know what? They're hurting too, but do we hurt them? Just because we're hurting, do we hurt them? Do you purposely trigger a borderline? I don't think so. Listen back to my podcast, Lion Tamer, very popular one. Are you a lion tamer? Are you a terminator? Are you a gazelle? What are you in the relationship? That's the big question. And the most difficult things or difficult thing for a lot of us is to step back and say, What's wrong with me? Do I not have the self-esteem and value, the self-value to to recognize this relationship for what it is? And once you do, whether you choose to stay or go is up to you. But at least you know your position in the relationship. And at least you understand that things will most likely never change. They will remain the same or possibly get worse until one of you decides they've had enough. And usually, unfortunately, it's not the codependent, it's not the trauma-bonded person, it's the cluster B that pulls the trigger, that moves on and leaves us hurting, confused, dazed, wondering what they're doing, are they happy with the next person that they find, and why is that, when we should really take the time to invest in ourselves and to hell with what happens with them. We are important. Self-care, self-esteem, and self-value are three things that we need to work on. MyInnerTorch at gmail.com. I always appreciate your correspondence. I appreciate all of those people who have listened and even those who have not corresponded. 
I appreciate your feedback anytime. MyInnerTorch at gmail.com. New episodes uploaded every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I say to you, be well. And in whatever you do, be good. This has been my Inner Torch. Torch.